Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Mane! Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Um, and we're just going to put it out there right up front. Jacob, I'm, I'm Jacob. You can, we can retire Jake. I used it in the past, and uh, we're just going to go by Jacob from here on out because mainly this is a good opportunity to, to change my name uh, because we do have a special guest tonight. Carver, I'm going to hand it to you so you can... I don't want to get it even more confusing with the Jake and the Jacob and all the Jakes. So I'm just going to let you introduce it to just move on and get things going. We have the better Jake on tonight, uh, <laughs> aka 50 plus Donner. Uh, he has a Twitch show covering the men's Bundesliga primarily, but also the Frauen and lower leagues on Thursdays at 530 on Twitch. You can also find him at Twitter at 50 plus spelt out Donner. Jake, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming. Hello. Yeah, I'm sorry for the pre uh, the the pre-confusion on what we, we were figuring out who got custody of the Jake names. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, still it, I mean, spiritual and heated debate. We'll, we'll finish up after. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm, I'm good with it. I, I mean, we were talking off recording and if you know anything, if you know me, like if, I don't know, if you know me from outside of just the BVB podcast too, like, you know, maybe you know why I went by Jake and like, I don't use that in my old professional capacity anymore. So it's fine. I'm, I'm good with moving on and, and uh, just going by Jacob. That's what most people yeah. know me as. So all good. I did tell you, them only the government can call me Jacob. So there we go. You can have it. I'm, I'm good either way. <laughs> no, we we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun show, even though it's international break. Uh, we got a lot to talk about and get into, especially um, with you joining us too, because it's. I mean, we're not only going to talk Dortmund because uh, your show you kind of cover uh, Bundesliga in general. I just and just on your Twitter bio, I love that. It's something along the lines of like always for Friday matches or whatever. And yeah, always watching, yeah. always watching the Friday <laughs> matches, which I love. And that's one thing I love about the Bundesliga. Uh, I get to work from home most Fridays, so it's like it's one one thing I love. Just like turning off work for a couple hours, and you always have that Friday game to watch, especially like coming off an international break too. Like get get right back into it. It's always a fun thing. And they're um, always but, they're always nuts too. I don't know. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you followed what some of the Friday results have been like or like any of those games but they're always like something insane happening like i feel like the bundesliga is like scripting them and not telling anyone but it's all it very rarely is it a boring friday game ever so even when it looks like the, the fixture schedule looks like it's gonna be a boring game it's like no get ready for like a eight goal thriller like it's gonna be nuts <laughs> well both of mines went to like the last minutes of the game and then Mike tied it up at like the last possible second so even the most boring possible matchup ends up being uh in, insane so but i mean on, on that subject of just bundesliga in general i want to just give you the opportunity to uh tell us about your channel um what you do and I mean, i'll just start with a question too like how did you get in get in the the bundesliga and what was like your your decision to start a channel covering it all 
Yeah, so Bundesliga, uh, my mom's side of the family uh, is from Belize in Germany. My grandfather, who passed away recently, lived in actually Dortmund um, his most of his life. So um, that's part of why I went to the Chicago game. Um, it was like the week he died and like was like, oh, this would be a cool way to honor him. So um, kind of grew up with German soccer in that way. And like, I think the show, it was like pandemic, like 2020, 2021. I just realized that I was just talking to myself about German soccer on my personal Twitter account. Like no one was interacting with it. Like I, it really must have looked like an insane person was just <laughs> talking to himself. I was like, there's got to be a more creative way to do this instead of looking like how I'm looking right now. Um, and I think a, a moment to pair with that was, I don't know if you remember, there was like a week or two where Bundesliga was like the only soccer league on. And yeah. people were asking me, like, what kind of teams should I watch and all of that stuff? Like the usual questions I'm sure you guys get as well. Um, and I was just like, damn, the league could be doing this, huh? And then it started like a whole like rough and tumble of like there's so many things that the league's not doing. Um and just kind of just thought it would be fun for me to just have the show. Like I talk to myself on there too. I don't have a co host, so just continuing the rambling by myself kind of thing. So I mean, props to you for one talking to yourself. I think Twitch <laughs> is cool because it is that live show and you get the interaction on um, like with, with the live comments. And I mean, this is something Carver and I have discussed. It's like, oh, maybe we should do take the show live stream. Uh, we're just do the simplest form is like we, we record it, we put it out, we publish it kind of like a few hours later, uh, maybe the next day. But uh, no, I mean, that's cool. And just the general one, like the pandemic is a, a big part of kind of me getting back into, well, I've talked about it a lot before, but like there was a good span where because work and everything, like I didn't watch soccer on Saturdays or soccer on the weekends, just didn't really fit in my schedule. But even though I was always a soccer fan, so the pandemic was a good time for me to like really get back into just watching soccer casually. Uh, and then kind of how I got in Dortmund, uh, my younger brother is a Dortmund fan and I, I knew he watched him and I knew who Dortmund w- were. Um, but during that time is when I really was like, I'm going to like start watching this team fully. And then um, I knew Carver was a big fan. We had met in the past. Thanks. <laughs> oh, some, uh, some off-the-screen production? All right. Studio manager dropping off the goods? <laughs> my, my wife just randomly walked in and handed, handed me this. All right. I was, I was trying to like debate if I should try to talk through it or not, but I was like, I can't. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. I mean, Carver and I had met in the past and I knew he was a Dortmund fan. So, um, and I had been doing like some other podcasts and I kind of wanted to do one uh, that was like my own podcast. I want to start a new podcast, want to talk about soccer and not necessarily Dortmund, but I was a Dortmund fan and getting into him more and more. And then uh, I knew Carver was a, had been a fan for a very, very long time. Um, And I was kind of just like, well, there's no one, there's not a lot of people doing an English speaking Dortmund podcast. So, Let's do it. And I mean, that's kind of how we got here. But yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Those pandemic years, as far as like getting into getting into things and getting back into things. And it's cool. Like you've seen a lot of like content creation come out of that, too. And that's kind of how essentially how this show started, too. Uh, So although it was really terrible years, it was cool. Cool to see everything that's like come out of that. Yeah. And the English language portion is such a big thing, too. Right. Like the, the Bundesliga has like actually... I feel like if you ask someone outside of the Bundesliga, like, like 
they'd probably ask, oh yeah, there's like a ton of English content. Like, I don't know what people are talking about. But I don't think they realize so much of that English content comes from like the same 20 people. So I think people think it's really covered well in English, but it, it's really, really not, as I'm sure you, you both know as well. Yeah, it just depends what you're looking for. And thankfully, in the past few years, I think it has gotten a lot easier. But yeah, the, I remember the first, I want to say at least three or four years of me being a Dortmund fan. I mean, I also didn't have money for subscription services because I was a little younger. But um, I mean, I had to watch so many games just on like those random bootleg sites because I could Allegedly. not find a way to watch them. Yeah. And and that was even if I was lucky too. like, I, I want to say the first like season or two I watched maybe a handful of games in each half of the season and i obviously wanted to watch more but i just it was just that barrier yeah so and allegedly as well <laughs> allegedly watched all these, <laughs> these what, it was a couple of weeks ago carver was espn wasn't working and carver like tweeted out I, you didn't i don't think you put out the link but you told the link on the podcast yeah like the Ill- i think i did both <laughs> definitely a legal link to watch and we're like in no way are we endorsing this illegal way to watch this. we're also not endorsing espn they're not paying us either right. so it's fine right. whatever <laughs> watch it watch it how you need to but yeah and i mean the bundesliga like i think it is an exciting league and it is it is so much harder to get people into it because like the coverage like yeah every match is on espn Plus, which is extremely convenient, almost more convenient than uh, like compared to the Premier League because you can watch everything on demand. But at the same time, you don't have like you occasionally get the ESPN pre-show or the the halftime coverage. But I just I don't it's not the best quality all the times. Like I'm not always a fan of it. So and it's hard to get invested in like the league when you miss out on those pre shows and post shows and like really get the storylines of the league and everything, which is a, a big hindrance and something I wish like the league uh, will do better in, in the future. So when it comes to like us, like content creators and, and shows like yours, like that's why I think it, it's so cool to just kind of spread the, the word of the, of the, the Bundesliga. So it, yeah, it's awesome what you're doing. Yeah, and like to your point about uh, ESPN, I don't know if you guys remembered Fox Soccer Plus at all. Um, yes. There was some good about that too. Like I think one of the negatives about ESPN right now is if you're a second league fan or you just want to watch second league, there's only, what, two games on a weekend. And I know that has to do with the world feed, but Fox Soccer showed every second league game. And if it wasn't like a world speed game, you just have no commentary or scoreboard, which I, back then I was like, man, this is super dumb. Like you have to like have a smartwatch to know what time in the game it is. Like you need to write down what the score is and stuff like that. But looking back, it's like the discoverability of ESPN plus and just having those available in the second league and things like that would just do wonders for the league because they're on at completely separate times from first league games, so there's no clashes. And just second league is, is an insane league. Like, if you never know what's going to happen to it. And uh, I think they're missing an opportunity there. But, uh, I mean, we'll, what? Yes, they have ESPN, the ESPN contract for like another year or two. So we'll see what other league, like networks consider it or whatever. I mean, they could get better, bro better but like i hope it's not paramount plus it's just like as far as an app it's just terrible (laughs) oh yeah app wise yeah horrendous i do like like the galazzo show and that kind of stuff like they put more of an effort in that into 
that those sorts of things. But yeah, as far as the app, like it seems like it never works. And, and I do like ESPN is like it is easy to to find shows. I like that you can go to soccer and then click on the league you want. And like, that's cool. It's just I wish the like the coverage is what you need to really get more people into it. Um, but yeah. And I guess so you're I'm curious about your process. Like how many games a week do you watch? Is it all of them? And then especially when it comes to like women's and like lower league stuff, like how do you how do you manage it all? <laughs> um, well, with my lawyer present, I'll say <laughs> I do keep up with Frau and Bundesliga games and things like that through completely legal uh methods. Um <laughs> uh, with men's league I think if like this one of the two second league games is on at like late Friday or early Friday or like what it would be like one thirty or something like that on Saturday, like I'll peek in on that. I always watch the Friday games. I have to follow my own mantra, of course. Um <laughs> and then depending on completely unbiased, like I have no favorite team, but depending on if the cone game when it is, I like usually go to my bar to watch it. Um, I'll try to get home in time for if it is the early game. Uh, but depending on what happened in the game, I may not just want to watch soccer at all. Usually, I want to go home and just pretend like the sport doesn't exist. So I'll like watch it on demand later at a different day. But I try to keep up, try to like have a rough understanding of what happened in every game. Cool. And so you are a Colton fan. Is that like your? I was going to ask you if you had any favorites was my next question. And if we start talking Dortmund stuff, like <laughs> where are you leaning? Well, delete this part out of the recording, of <laughs> course. But uh, yes, I would classify as a Colm fan a little bit. That's all right. <laughs> but like, That's realistically, fine. I manage like I, I, I think the unbiased part is part of the joke. I, I started a Colm Chicago group here. Um, oh, cool. Good for you. To, yeah, we talked to the club a lot. So. I'm pretty deep in the Colm fandom, but the joke is that I'm unbiased, even though I'm most certainly not. <laughs> no, that's okay. And I'll, this is a good opportunity. To, we have a a guy in, I don't know if you met him in person, uh, but we have a guy who's starting a Colm uh, group here in St. Louis. And I was like, dude, yeah, I'll definitely Ooh. shout you out. Like, because we were, we were just talking about this a couple weeks ago, or last week, cover, whenever we hung out, when you left, I was talking, I went and talked to some of the punks at the pitch and, uh, you know, I was talking to this guy about like I know I knew he was a Colton supporter and he's been trying to start a group in and everything. So we were talking a while about this kind of exact thing, like the Bundesliga and trying to get more people to get involved and watch it and how great of a league it is. Uh, so I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I'll gladly link the Colton group in the description of this episode. That's fine. I have no problem shouting out just Bundesliga Absolutely. in general. <laughs> and wow, like that's I don't know if you guys but like I'm sure it's like a little bit lesser for for you all because Dortmund groups were already like super established for a long time but like seeing a freiburg group pop up for the u.s seeing Karlsruhe, seeing there's a bunch of like gladbach groups even though it's disgusting like you're seeing like so many of these new groups for like this quote-unquote smaller teams popping up and it's just like i would not have imagined that with the way espn's handling the league like no offense like i don't think they're doing the best to grow it like they could be but it seems like it's just like it's kind of poetic with how the Bundesliga just reputation with fandom is of just it doesn't matter. People are going to do it anyway. Like it's so supporter driven. And that's just so cool to see is like Freiburg popping up, Dusseldorf being in the U.S. Like 
things like that coming up in the last few years. It's so, so cool. Yeah. And the supporters is what I'd like find most intriguing about it too. Like the, like the atmosphere you see at every Bundesliga matches is, is crazy. And I love how like the away. And I, I think people who are, obviously we talked to, I think a lot of our listeners are also MLS fans and especially like we're based out of St. Louis and really excited about the team recently. So like, I, I think seeing that supporter culture like translates well to like MLS fans and the people who are listening locally here in St. Louis and across uh, America because it's something we we try to do is like we have big flags we go crazy and it's like you see that ever like at every match to an um, an obnoxious level and I love the like their rule with away sections where it's like is it always like a tenth of the stadium or I don't know if it's an exact number but it's like they always have a really big away section that's really and they're always crazy too like that's one thing that I mean the Dortmund away supporters are crazy but it's like it's always a big group and they're always jumping they're always got flags they got flares and just seeing that atmosphere is is i think one of the most exciting parts about the bundesliga yeah it's more of a story of like who isn't showing up to those things you know what i mean like you don't really pat pat like dortmund fans on the back really like yeah like you're like oh yeah this is awesome but like it's not the same way where like in ML, like I guess even in Premier League, like it's like, oh wow, these guys are the really rowdy away supporters. Like everybody's that already in default by the Bundesliga, and you have your Wolfsburgs and Hoffenheims that don't really do that. But um, also, one thing that also, since we're bringing MLS into it, uh, away sections that are field level, I feel like that yeah. is. I get why MLS teams don't want that to be field level. But I think it would just look way better if when you do even have an away section, I think that's the other thing people forget is like a lot of the travel in MLS is awful. So the games that you do have them feel field level would be cool. But yeah, it's definitely away section is always tucked up in a tiny little corner. (laughs) You're like next to the stadium lights and it's you and two other people who made the three three hour flight at 6 a.m. And you're, you, no one can hear you. The team doesn't know you're there. You just, if you're a fire fan like me, you lose by three zero, and then you go home. So, <laughs> Carver, do you have any other Bundesliga things before we jump into a little review of Stuttgart Dortmund? No, no. All right. Well, that game happened. It was fun, and we can move on. <laughs> it's, Except for it, the fun part. It happened. It was, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was not fun, and. Part of the uh, us not we I, I don't know if I apologize earlier I might have I forget uh, this is what happens on the show I just talk and then I don't know what happens after and then I get handed wine and then we just move on um, <laughs> we we didn't record last week because I don't know why that game was so bad and I just forgot that we didn't talk about it maybe because Carver and I hung out in person and then I was like yeah we did an episode right and then Carver's like oh you want to record this week I was like ah oh, we have didn't record this week shoot. Um, but yeah, Carver, I don't know. I'll let you start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, (laughs) so this is our second loss in a row in the league. Uh, Before that, we were 17 unbeaten run in the Bundesliga Had the same lineup from against Newcastle a few days prior. Um, some people thought that was pretty controversial given the players did look gassed, but I don't know if that's really much of an excuse. Um, 
But I mean, this was just another big test for the team to try to push on and recover from the last week or so of performances given even, you know, Newcastle was fine, but thrashing against Bayern, you really want to try to have a good bounce back and a good consistent road forward too. And that's, that's, I think, a problem that this team really has is just whenever we start to think we can take a big step forward, we come crashing back down and we take two steps back. Um, and uh, this game was just, it was just embarrassing to say the least. I think that's even generous to say. Uh, they had 16 shots compared to our two in the first half. And I think 10 of those are then the first like 10 or 12 minutes, if I'm not wrong, or 15 minutes at most. Uh, they completely outplayed us in every measurable and conceivable way. And they look, I mean, well, I want to sit back up and say, first and foremost, credit to Stuttgart for not only their dominant display in this game, but also just the whole season in general. I'm not trying to say it was all just us being shite. Stuttgart, even before Gerasi came on, were completely dominant in their performance against Dortmund. But I just wanted to yeah, talk about the lineups real quick. Same one we saw against um, Newcastle. We had the, I think it was like the 4-3-3 or even 4-2-3-1. Kobel and Gold, Schlotterbeck. Uh, and Hummels as the partnership with Sule on the right this time. That sometimes be a back three. You have um, lost my notes here. Rearson on the left, the midfield trio of Sabitzer, Ozchan, and Mecha, Adeyemi, and Brent as the wingers, and then full Krug up top. This game, I first of all, I know this was a couple weeks ago, but I <laughs> I did get called out on Twitter for my terrible pronunciations of uh, Giracy probably butchered it again munching Gladbach, which i hopefully said it better that time and i don't remember i got called out for saying some stuff terribly which is funny because like i'm very much like hey i don't speak german uh and i don't want anyone to because they don't know how to pronounce anything uh feel like they can't watch this league or partake because i'm out here trying and messing up and that's fine um but also i mean the person who called us out is one of our good buddies so no no harm there is it, it was more a, a funny thing but what i did call correctly was Hummels getting injured after playing so many games and yep. having all of our center backs uh on the field at the same time with Sule playing right back uh, he he got injured so I might not be able to pronounce anything but I eventually was correct when Hummels going out with the injury which is not not great um and the the one standout after that little rant the one standout about this obviously is Gregor Kobel like I know this this game we only lost two to one so if you just look at the right there, look at the scoreline, maybe not as bad as uh, what you might think. And I mean, watching the game, how it felt like I forgot that we only lost two to one because it was such a, a nightmare and disaster of a game. Uh, and thankfully for Gregor Kobel, it wasn't like 8-0 in the first 30, 30 minutes. And when we actually took the lead in like 32nd with full crew getting a goal, like it was like, oh, thank, thank goodness. Like, thank God. We actually against pulled the one out. Play too. Yeah, like thank God we pulled one out because uh, this game is not going well. And of course, we couldn't hang on. And uh, I mean, this was a, a weird one for Kobol, obviously, because he's like standing on his head, doing unbelievable things, and then gives away two penalties. Like gives away the both the second one, right? And he first, saved the first one, which the is the first, first one that yeah. a Dortmund keeper has saved in the Bundesliga for like I think a decade, if I'm not wrong. Which is pretty yeah, it was astonishing. Like 2011 or something crazy. I, when I saw that stat, I was like, "There's no way that's right, right?" <laughs> I thought that too, and I remember Berkey's save in the Champions League. But at the same time, I had that in the back of my mind for I don't know. I mean, almost since I've been a fan, even really, just of thinking like, "Have we?" Every time there's a penalty, I'm just it's a goal. I'm not even I'm not even really considering yep. a second thought there. But 
yeah, as you mentioned, Kobo's dancing on his head. I mean, he had eight saves. Uh, five of them were diving saves. He had an uh, an XG or excuse me, expected goals on target of three point seven one. So I get why you. you know, I even forgot the scoreline too, and it should have been a hell of a lot worse. But it was completely and utterly deserved of a loss. So I mean, on its face. <laughs> And we don't have to like, I mean, we're not going to break down this whole game because obviously it's it's in the past. Uh, it's been a bit and no one really wants to because it was awful. Uh, but looking back and I, I know this whole season, like I think we've been pretty underwhelmed. But then there was a point before the Byron game, honestly, where it's like, OK, we're we're not playing great, but we're still undefeated in the league. We're getting the results. We know we can play a lot better. We know hopefully we'll start to figure things out. Um, Terzic and the players will start to figure things out even more to maybe we can go on a, a decent, like a, a better run eventually. Um, so I feel like everything up to the Bayern game looked optimistic. We get destroyed by Bayern and now this loss and now it's looking like actually have we just been scraping by, which is what it felt like the first half of the season. I think we just wanted to take an optimistic look uh, out of it because <laughs> we kept getting the results. Um, so Jake, to from your perspective as uh, not a Dortmund fan as a, a neutral will say, uh, like how, like what's your take on how Dortmund season has been going and I guess what maybe these last two matches. Mean? So I totally get people panicking right now. Um, being in fifth is not fun, especially when you just had this, like quite frankly, results wise, great run up until the Bayern game, even though. More than ever, those two draws against Volkham and Heidenheim are sticking out, I think, even more than the Bayern loss. Like, those were two games that I would have never guessed would have been a point. And now we're at this point in the season where that's, what, four extra points? If I can do math right. That's four extra points that would be helping you out. You'd be sitting in third right now with a win in both of those. Someone's going to say on the podcast, like, in the notes, like, this dude cannot do that. But um, <laughs> either way, like, I think also lost in this is just the teams above you are playing out of their gourds right now. Like, who would have guessed Stuttgart would ever be up here? Like, you can't really account for that. Leipzig, you always are having to deal with them. And then you have two teams, Bayern and, and Leverkusen, who are playing historical seasons at the same time. So, like... Fifth looks a little rough. The two games that Dortmund just played are definitely not fun, right? But I don't think this atmosphere of doom, I think, should be setting in just yet, right? Like, you're still doing well in Champions League. Um, you're, I call it the nightmare gauntlet. Like, you've been playing a bunch of awful games since October 29th, basically. Like, every game you guys are playing is a top level type like we have to really plan for this i i get the panic but at the same time i hope the team's not panicking you know what i mean i hope they're not looking at that loss i hope they just shrugged off that loss like it looked like they did in Bayern munich when they played uh, newcastle like the next few days it looked like they did never got whooped by Bayern, right so i'm hoping that for for them that they go into these games because you still have to play Leverkusen. You still have to play RB Leipzig. Like, the, the the nightmare gauntlet's not over yet. So we need everyone on board, like, mentally. And to to go with the Dortmund meme, 
physically as well, like we don't need any more people getting injured, um, to just close out this year and then you have all those weeks off and you can repair and add new people and whatever you need to do, but they just need to make it there first. Terzak has talked about it, and those are good points. Terzak has talked about a handful of those things in the uh, the post-match interview with, with Archie from ESPN. And he always says like a lot of the right things in these in these post-match interviews. And talking about like, you know, everyone taking their responsibility, everyone's got to pull their own weight and be physically and mentally prepared. And and if not, we have other people ready to go. But just something isn't clicking. And mm-hmm. I I fear my my fear is just that we're keep we're continuing to sacrifice too much just to barely get results. I mean, it's very apparent that we've completely sacrificed our um our style of play. I mean, it's it's very rough to watch almost at times borderline unwatchable it's very ugly um the recruitment continues to be poor i don't think there's that much of a a strategy going forward at the moment besides terzik just favoring and emphasizing his physicality in the team and wanting these fighters but it's like the pendulum swings so much in that way that we're completely forgetting about creative players and players who have can read the game well you know have the right mindset um I mean, I don't want to necessarily say mentality, but I'll, I think that is still an issue, which I know it's like a buzzword, but it continues to ring its head and, and, and call for concern. Um, and it's not just Terzik, but I think it, a lot of it is, again, you're seeing the fruits of the labor from the board uh, this summer. I, I emphasize a lot of how much of a disaster I think this summer was um, and, sh- and just shattering so many things. Another thing that was sacrificed, too, is like the fighting spirit Terzik brings or supposedly is supposed to bring. I think that dwindles a lot at times his connections to the fans, however you want to say that. I think that could even be uh, called for question, especially after these last several months of the signings he's made and the complete disregard for the core values of the club. Uh, so, I mean, I, and I've seen online, this is obviously now just people online, but that are in Dortmund just saying they're starting to lose faith in what we're trying to build here. I'm not saying Terzik is a bad coach. I'm not even saying Terzik is, um, or anything like that, but just he, maybe he's not, at right now at an elite level to take us to that next level. I don't know. It's just, there's too many sacrifices of what makes our club great right now, just to scrape on by with these one nils, uh, half of the time being like very, very narrow as well, like on the field and, and play. And, you know, after the Stu- visit to Stuttgart last season, given those two points would have put us over the line in the spring. And we conceded, I think two goals in like the last seven or eight minutes you expect us to kind of go out there and actually try to have more of a fight in our game. But again, they're out, you know, they're out dueling us another club and this season continues to just look like they want it more with those 50, 50 duels and getting themselves into challenges, pressing as a unit. I think this is not exclusive to Terzik, but the pressing in our game is completely non-existent, you know, with the ball and against the ball, you know, we don't know how to deal with pressure from other teams. And at the same time, whenever we are trying to press against the ball, it's very individual. It's half-hearted. Players look lost. They don't know when and where to press. I just, I lost my head for a sec. (laughs) That was like a Barbie Heimer type moment. I came in, I was like, guys, nothing's that bad yet. Like, right. Wait until the winner thinks we get better. And then immediate. That was cooking in the back of my brain for the last week. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm not trying to sound too dramatic. I'm, I'm not saying it's completely lost, but I, again, I'm just I'm just pointing back to the concerns for not only the summer, but just what we've also just been addressing in the show for a while now. I'll stop. No, I mean the summer was. I I know it's build, but some of these things where like they're like, yeah, Bayern struck out on Grimaldo. I'm like, 
how? Like, <laughs> like, how do you, and like, there's, I don't know when it was. There's like two days where just every, I don't know if, if someone, if one of build sources is like someone up high, but every conversation Dortmund had ever had was like on the Twitter feed. Like, yeah, they, they said this and this and this to this person, especially with like the Makoko situation. I'm like, what did you guys do this summer? Like, did you know the transfer window was this summer? Like, who is their most impactful signing that you guys would say from the summer? I know it's very a, sh- a short like list for that, but who would you say is the, like I can't like best of any maybe? Yeah, it's I, I, I think Fulcrude? it's either Fulcrook or Benz. Yeah, like for you to be sure, like for you guys who are so invested in the team and know everything to be like. Uh, over an important summer where they just missed winning, like that, that really, I was really, really baffled that they had the summer they did. Yeah, well, and I say full Krug with like when we signed him, <laughs> we're both like WTF? Why did we sign another striker? Like, what? Why did we do this? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, and uh, I don't know, but I mean, Carver, I, your rant, I think it's it's valid and. And maybe, Jake, you're thinking, like, it's not that doom and gloom, but I think from the perspective of the Dortmund fan and seeing, like, how we're playing. And, like, last season when they brought Terzik in, and I was very much like, give him time, give him time. If you want to build a project around him, then he needs time. And now I'm the opposite, where I'm like, I don't know if he if he has the coaching chops to do it because of, like, the changes we have and haven't seen, I guess, or like the the lack of tactics sometime. And and just, I think hearing his post-game comments, like, don't give me hope because it's like, cool, you've been saying this stuff. But at the same time, you're the guy to get the guys fired up. You're the guy who should be bringing the players in to be competitive and like have that internal competition. But if you're just picking the same old guys week after week or, I don't know, not bringing in the, the people in the right positions, like we... I, you know our center back and fullback lack of options like in how as just a a coach how can you just be like no i don't need them we don't need another fullback we don't need another center back like i I think seeing these choices and decisions time and time again and then to hear him after a match just be like oh the guys weren't fired up the guys are lacking like that that's i feel like that's on you like you need to take some responsibility don't throw that responsibility on the players it is your job to get them playing and that's I think my biggest concern is what I'm I'm seeing now from Terzik. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you are the guy to get it. Like, I, I just, I don't know if you're, you're the guy to get us to the level we need to be. So is that in your book, in your both opinion, is that more of a board thing or is it just like mainly coaching? Would you say, because I don't think the board really gave them a lot of options to work with, but at the same time, you're right. Like, heading into this past game with the same roster you just had a Champions League game with is like, what are you doing? I personally have to say it's it's both. And also, I think a lot of the fault is at the board for just giving him that kind of power to veto certain signings, uh, shoehorn ones that, shoehorns ones that uh, in that, you know, Kale didn't necessarily approve of. I mean, this is all recording to uh, reports or um, just the general fan base thought, you know, these are investments. They're not necessarily needed in those areas at the moment. I mean, it's not like, of course, again, with the situation with Halaire and, and it's still up in the air with Mukoko. So I get, 
I understand that we could have investment and in, in the striker position at the nine, but there just needs to be other holes and, and just the general team management and as a whole, I think needed to be analyzed as well. Again, with having too much emphasis on the physicality part and, um, and not just having like any sort of contingency plan or a good mix of different things as well. And I, the quote was Terzik, or Jake that uh, Terzik said, yeah, we had too many players who didn't get to their level today after the Stuttgart game. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, okay, well, how do you get them to that level? And, and is there certain ways that we can try to tweak that? Um, and it just, I don't know. Again, he has the, he has all the answers in these, in these interviews, but when it comes to actually crunch time and getting the players in the field, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And when yeah. you see, I think when you see go all the way back, I don't remember the match, but there was the infamous Chan interview where you, he basically said, I don't know what we're doing. Or like he seemed confused. And, and then you fast forward to just this international break, Mukoko scores for the under 21s. And, and he, like, there's an interview or a line where he says, yeah, I'd like, they trust me. I I'm getting, I score, I produce because I'm playing the full 90 minutes, which is definitely a direct dig at it. And we've talked about Makoko. Obviously, he's very young. So like, I don't expect, I am ne- have not been calling for Makoko to just get in there and be our starting striker and play 90 minutes. I think he's still got a lot of room to develop. But when you bring Fulkrug in and you don't give him that opportunity to develop, um, and then he's now openly criticizing, saying, because they give me the opportunity to play 90 minutes. They give me the time I need. Um, like I think seeing those kind of things where you have Chan confused, you have Mukoko criticizing, like that also just doesn't show a good system or a good like team environment, locker room environment. Like when there is this kind of discourse going around, um, I don't know that. Which again, it points to it points to the top. Like that's where the issues are. And if you have that, those kind of issue, like those people speaking out or whatever, or just blatant confusion then like the issue is coach like one guy needs to solidify them and lead them and motivate them and have them on the same page and so clearly they're not and i think that's that's where a lot of the issue is carver do you have a so this went from stuttgart review into blanton ranting which is fine i'm i'm love ranting (laughs) (laughs) anything else from stuttgart or i guess this span of, of dortmund or anything before we move on to uh dortmund women well, don't forget that we play Stuttgart again in Stuttgart in just a little under, well, that's not true, a few weeks now, a few weeks time uh, for the Pokal, which makes me very, very nervous. I mean, Gura C only got a quarter hour in this game and still got a goal. Granted, it was a penalty, but he's he should be you know fully healthy by that time unless something else happens to him. So they're going to be much more dangerous in attack than they already were. I'm hoping Terzic is just really doing his homework because this this can't happen again. I mean, these are it's two results in a row now going to Stuttgart and being very very disappointed for different reasons, but both reasons were very preventable. Um, so I I'm just hoping we can turn things around because yeah, like Jake mentioned, and we still got a few weeks of just hell for these next few fixtures. I mean, we we really bottled it against some lower to slash mid table teams. Was you know there was vital points to get us the momentum we need to finish out this first half of the season. And now we're really in the thick of things uh, with some much needed results against much tougher opponents. How, uh, where do you place Terzic? Well, I think there was another quote where 
basically said, um, the board, Vatska or someone said, if he, as long as he's like in a good spot to get Champions League, then like we're going to back him, uh, which seems like a concern to me because I'm like, if that's your only goal, it's like we should have won the league last year. And now you're like, nah, that's fine. We don't need to try to win the league as long as we keep finishing top four. Like we're going to keep back in Terzic. So I guess if we go out of Jake, you're just nodding your head a lot. So I want your take on on that perspective. Uh, but also, like, if say we we lose to Stuttgart, we go to the Pokal. Like, do you think things start heating up at all for him? Oh, losing to Pokal, I think that yeah, that would not be good for his tenure there. Um. We're going to talk about Gladbach. Like, I'm not going to jump the gun mention this about Gladbach, right? No, um, you're good. I was actually going to, since we uh, we we brought up the Stuttgart game, I thought this was a, a, also a good time to just, we'll go ahead and, and preview. We'll get into the, the women a little bit later because, uh, I mean, this run of games, like you had touched on it earlier, just briefly, like another gauntlet we have coming up. Um, just looking at the next six, five or six fixtures, uh, Leipzig, I'm going from furthest to back. Leipzig, that Stuttgart game. Leverkusen, AC Milan in the Champions League, and then yeah, upcoming up next is is Gladbach. Good lord! And I wouldn't, I wouldn't look past Gladbach either. Um, Gladbach had an awful start to the season, but now they look like they they know what they want to do this season, and that and also I may get laughed at here. That in the Augsburg game, I would not completely overlook that. Like Augsburg is obviously a meme team. I don't think anyone's arguing against that. But they're in 10th somehow. Everyone had them in their usual spot of 15th, but they they look like a team that with uh, Jeff Thorup, I think is how you pronounce his name, they're not a team that I think you can just go into that three-day stretch of them and then Mainz. Like, I think you should still be preparing for Augsburg. Um, I think that's one of maybe... You guys can correct me here, but I think going into the Stuttgart game with the same roster as the day before kind of spells that, like, we weren't really taking this game all that seriously. They need to not do that at any point in this next stretch, especially against Gladbach. Um, that could be that could end up being a not fun game. I think I even said going into that Stuttgart game, like that could be where you rotate because it was coming off like heavy fixtures uh, where it's like Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, or maybe throw a Tuesday in there or whatever, but like two, two games a week for a couple weeks. And so I even said like going like, that's the game to rotate. Cause you have Bayern, you have Newcastle back to back. So, but also I think when you look at the squad depth too, like w- we don't really <laughs> have much of a choice, especially in those like center back and fullback positions. Um, and this, this, Next stretch, like I, I know I mentioned, shout out six or ga- six games, but really it's like up until December 19th uh, before the, the winter break, like we have games twice a week. So it is going to be, and it, it's all those games I mentioned. Then like you said, Augsburg and Mainz, like it's just going to be nonstop. And yeah, if if we come out of, out of that, like the last game before Augsburg is PSG. So if we go into that one thinking, okay, now we can rotate. It's like, maybe we can't, maybe we don't have that option or... <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be, I, I said it before that last stretch, but it's going to be interesting to see how he rotates if he does. Because I don't know, you you just, to have a squad to compete in multiple competitions, like we just don't have the, the squad depth to do that yet. We're trying and it's, it's something, it's happening. 
like I could not tell you a uh, baby. This is a sign. People are like, oh yeah, this guy you doesn't always talk about. I could not tell you who the backup center back for Dortmund is. It's Sule. It's that's yeah. We we have Hummel, Slaughterback, and Sule. We have three. With the young oh. kid we had, we loaned him out. Oh, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Didn't foresee that either. Probably the, especially Hummel's like. Okay. Dortmund, who <laughs> rarely loans the young talent out, like our 18 year old center back. He might be 19, 20 now. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Kulabali is correct. Yeah. Oh. Loan him out. So that's fun. Well. Bring him back, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gladbach have, they've won three of their last six games, most recently thrashing Wolfsburg 4 0. Um, I forgot how you pronounce their new manager. Sion. Don't mess it up. Sion. Oh. Sione, uh, he runs a similar system to Farca, at least the formation of the 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2 at times. Um, and I'm going to but- butcher this one too, but uh, their like-for-like uh, Jonas Hoffman replacement, Amarat, is also very dangerous, versatile, versatile attacker. He's going to be one to try to control. Um, he's got six goal contributions in the league this season alone and, and his debut season in the Bundesliga. Um, I don't feel great. Even though we're at home, I really don't feel great. Uh, I don't have to get into the the stretch of games again, but coming up. Um, but this one is really tough. My heart is telling me hopefully we can just please just bounce back after this international break. We have a little bit of time to rest, recollect. Terry's, like I said, time to analyze some things, and we can come out with like a 2-1 or 3-1 victory. But my head is telling me we have the similar problems that we've been seeing for a long time now, and we're going to still be stumbling and we walk out of there with like a draw two two. So I'm going to, I'm going to say two, two, the optimistic fan of me and the one who I will never predict a loss. I think, well, not on the podcast. I'll always <laughs> put an optimistic score out there. I'm going to say we come out crazy and win three to one, but that's the optimist in me. <laughs> Maybe not the confident, I don't know. I'm not really confident in saying that, but I'm just going to say it. it's a beat. That's the hopeful optimist in me. Um, yeah, Jake, I'm curious your uh, your prediction to score prediction for a, as a well, neutral. They've, they've been scoring a lot recently. Um, was that it's nine goals in the last three while allowing only four. Um, the defending maybe, I guess like they did kind of shut down Wolfsburg. Maybe that break came at a good time because that can also stop momentum sometimes as well. Um, but like you're saying, like, Onorat's really good. Rocco Wrights is super, super good. Alessand Playa getting his self together now. Yeah. Uh, their striker, Savinchara, I definitely mispronounced that, but <laughs> he, he's starting to look like a valuable signing as well. Like, this is just not, is not a good game. Um, I think the one thing that you do have is they've only have one home, uh, one away win. So. That's nice, I guess. Only one away <laughs> loss, if I'm two, if I'm not wrong. I think it's their one, so three, and one draw. on the road. Yeah, <laughs> but I am. I'm someone. I am a man of commitment. I only. I don't. I don't go in between. Um, I think it's going to be a messy like two one win for Dortmund. Like disgusting, <laughs> nasty. Like Dortmund's going to have two shots on goal, and they're both the goals. Zero corners. Zero offside. Like if you looked at the stats, you big they just stood still. Um, but I I think they're gonna edge it out. That's the honest. That's the honesty we need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Awesome. Um, all right, Carver. It's been it's been it's been a minute. It's been a while since uh sadly we've had Adam on the show to do a women's update, but we got some updates. So do you want to jump into the uh BVB frown? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm no Adam Dorofsky, but I will do my best. I I feel like I did some pretty good honest research here in the past few <laughs> days. So uh, of course now I'm not sure we've had an update since they've been promoted to the new division, the Landis Liga. Previously they were in the Berserks Liga. Uh, so the Landesliga is the sixth tier of German women's football. Dortmund Frauen are BVB Frauen are still first in this league uh, with 34 points this season, 11 wins, one tie, zero losses. They have a goal differential of 63. They've scored 66 <laughs> goals and conceded only three. Um, so still getting those video game numbers that Adam mentioned whenever we first started this show. Uh, which is great to see. Our top scorers are Marie Grota. She's been with the team for a while. Mandy Reinhardt. Uh, both have 12 goals for the team, so they're both joint top scorers. And then just below them, we have Danielle uh, Tan, who recently joined from the London Bees FC. Don't know much about them, but they're an English women's football side. I don't know which division they're in. Um, so still Come scoring on. a lot of goals. Did you <laughs> even do any research? Yeah. <laughs> Um, still scoring a lot of a ridiculous amount of goals, still conceding next to zero goals, first in their division, uh, still cruising and flying. So if you ever need a good pick me up for women's football, that if you are a Dortmund fan, this would be a good time to to get on that and give them some support. Uh, their next game is against DJK VFL Billerbeck in the Association Cup. Couldn't tell you. I imagine it's it's a similar tournament to uh, the Pokal or something like that. Not sure, honestly. I couldn't read much on that. Uh, but their next league game is against SC Drollshagen, uh, which is on December 3rd. Um, you can find their schedule either, again, at uh, Adam Dorofsky's site, which we can link. And then what I have also been finding, oh boy, I had it here. Hold on. I just the foosball.day. Uh, you can go to the, yeah, BBB Frauen there and, and look at their schedule and some of their stats. So I just wanted to give a good, quick update for them. Um, Jake, I don't know how much you've... or. Not you, not you, Jacob. Jake. <laughs> um, I don't wow, know how much we made been... it this far without a confusion. That's crazy. I, I thought about it about ten minutes ago. I was like, we actually haven't had the name come His up ears yet. Perked up. <laughs> um, Jake, I don't know if you've seen much at all about the BBB Frauen's team, or is there is there a a team that you like to support for the Frauen for in the Bundesliga? I can't. I don't know. If, honestly, don't know if Cohen's team is in the Bundesliga or not. Yeah, they're they've been doing pretty okay in the first league, uh, FC Cologne. But yeah, I I am a frequent visitor of Fußball.de, um, just because they cover like when you want to cover Fighta Liga, it that's the one thing I want to like do like a big Avengers project of like German and American people of like getting some of these very easy resources for Frauen right. Bundesliga that are in German right. into English because say what you will like I could find the standings of the fourth league fourth men's league anytime I want it'll be in English you could tell who played on the field and stuff like that um it's so easy to figure out for men's soccer but like if you wanted to be any sort of invested in the Frauen Bundesliga and you didn't know German you would be screwed like there's no other than the work that like Adam's doing and people like that, there's not that many resources at all. So I feel like that is something I feel like everyone can combine on and like either make a site or like just 
expand the English Wikipedia. Because um, if you don't know, if you're kind of working into German soccer, German Wikipedia has all of this stuff. I was reading but a good like, amount about that before we did this yeah. show. <laughs> and then in English, if you wanted to, like, if you looked at, what's one of the teams on here? Like, TV Brechtin, right? If you go to Wikipedia, the English Wikipedia, it's a red link. There's no, there's 0% chance they have a Wikipedia page. If you go on German Wikipedia, they'll have, like, not a big history of it, but they'll have something. Like, that kind of stuff goes a long way, right? Especially with teams in the top league, like Stuttgart and Dortmund, like, they, they're trying to invest in their women's team, and they have to start from wherever they start at, right? They can't instantly up top. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have the resources to follow them and see who's playing and who see who the coach is and stuff like that. So I think that's just, my brain's always thinking about stuff like that. I want to like make, make that a project eventually. I love that you said, get like an Avengers team together. It's <laughs> that's you're onto something there. <laughs> and I mean, I know it, I mean, it might seem like a hyper super soccer nerd who like, to to get into this stuff and i think it takes those people to like start it like shout out adam like in all the work yeah. he does is incredible he can only do it for one team because it's a ton of work plus he has a full-time job but i think like i think of the perspective like the the why behind it it's like why do i need to get into a fifth-year women's soccer team in germany but i think when you look at the like how Amer- obviously we're talking from the american perspective like most of, we do have a lot of european listeners a lot in germany but from the strictly american perspective like i think part of being a soccer supporter and fan is like what it's the waking up right and watching european soccer waking up saturday morning and if you imagine like i know like adam for instance does have like kids and does have a daughter so when you think of that perspective it's like there there's just something so good about like a young girl being able to watch women play professional soccer to where yeah it might seem crazy to watch a fifth tier women's team but like just for the example of of Adam, like someone's dad is a big Dortmund fan, and they have a a daughter. Like, wh- how cool is it to for them to be able to watch the Dortmund women's team? Like that perspective is like I think the why. So that's cool. Like if 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 more people do the work to make that happen, like I don't know, it's just so so good for the sport overall because it's there's a big difference between games on saturday nights like i know that's when like mls is like saturday nights but i think so much of the soccer culture is the the there's a cool factor of like i'm gonna wake up and watch this soccer match and that's how i spend my saturday morning i don't even think you have to do the daughter angle like my idea is or like my vision is you can't be a true supporter of the club if you're only keeping up with half of it like you people are like yeah i bleed club colors right but if you're only showing up for the bends, then you're not really that invested in the club, right? You have basically two chances to watch your favorite club play soccer. Like, minimum, right? Like, why would you turn that down? If you really love Dortmund, right? Why would you not want to keep up with another successful team? They're blowing people out. 66 goals already? Like, halfway through the season? Like, even if they're doing bad, like, that's still part of the club. And I... I I don't understand. I, you see this in Premier League too, of uh, just people like Chelsea fans are like, "Oh yeah, I love Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah," and like they don't bother with the women's team. Like that just it just doesn't make sense to me. As someone, if you enjoy the sport, why not have double? And if you like the club, 
why not support all levels of the club? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I mean, that's a really good point too. And, uh, it is the Chelsea, the Chelsea angle too. Like I, I just like how successful Chelsea is. And it does not surprise me at all that there's people who like have no clue that the Chelsea women's team is super successful. And I mean, that's a, a good tie in as far as like the U S the women's national team, like we're getting Emma Hayes, which is a huge deal. Cause she's a yeah. crazy good coach. And you know that because Chelsea's women is doing so good, but like how many people in America don't even know who Emma Hayes is. Cause they don't know about the Chelsea's women team, which yeah, that's a, it's a great point too. Like why, yeah. Why not support the club? Or if you say you support the club support at all, which I mean, Carver and I didn't know much about the women. We didn't know anything about the Dortmund women's team. I think we had a tweet saying, or I went on some rant at one time and I was like talking about the door. I don't know how it happened, but someone basically tweeted us and said, you should talk to Adam. Cause I said something about a women's team. And yeah, then we fostered this great relationship with Adam where we have him on the show a lot. And just to like, again, spread the, it's part of the Dor- Dortmund. It's like, it's part of the club. Why not support him? That's, that's a great point too. I like that a lot. Carver, anything else? That's it. No. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jake, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, if you want to, I know we, we talked about it at the beginning, but like you're just give a quick plug to your show and shows and like what you have coming up next and then how people can uh, find you. Yeah. So I am on Twitter mostly um, as 50 plus donor as without the umlaut. Um, I'm on Twitch, not this Thursday, because I'm stupid and didn't realize it's Thanksgiving is literally Thursday. <laughs> um, but we are doing a FC Cologne, whatever other team is Munich, whatever. I forgot what they're called. But that watch party for that game um, on Friday when that when that starts. Uh, and then I'm one person, so I have a bunch of other social media things that I struggle to keep up with. But I'm on threads, Instagram, all the other stuff. Uh, and then I wanted to shout out a few people, if you don't mind. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. So with Emma Hayes, I keep up a lot with like English soccer and just soccer in general, Shea Butter and uh, Diaspora United FC. Great people. If you're interested in the women's game, 100% got to watch them. Um, I I would highly recommend it since we're talking about getting into the women's game. If you need a place to start, they're incredible. They've been right about almost everything in women's soccer. Yeah kind of weird but yeah for me i'm just i i'm on mostly twitter and twitch so cool and uh yeah we'll link everything in the description of this episode as always uh we really appreciate you guys hanging out and listening as always uh hope you guys all have a happy thanksgiving to those in america in uh to those in in germany and beyond just enjoyed another week yeah canada had think. theirs already so Oh, we, missed the, we, we missed the Canadian one. Ah, oh, shoot. Sorry, it pops man. up. I only know because I watch hockey and I'd be like, why is there no games on today? And there'd be. <laughs> so shout out. Sorry, Manuel Veth. We missed your yeah, Canada Thanksgiving. Beth. There you go. <laughs> awesome. No, we appreciate you guys hanging out as always. Sorry for the late episode, but definitely worth it with Jake, J- the other Jake. The only Jake uh, <laughs> joining us. Man, yeah, it's it's really been awesome. And I just, yeah, it's it's been awesome having you. I just like talking Bundesliga too. And when Dortmund is sad, it's nice to just spread, talk about spread other things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, we will, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week after hopefully a Dortmund win. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>